Welcome to Saturday Morning Superstars. Yeah, the cool thing is like every time you do it, you got Vince, but when you say superstar, you like channel uh, superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> it's that darn extra A in superstars. It just you know superstar R's, and, it, and and then it's the chorus director in me that says, "Don't don't put too much emphasis on the R at the end of the mm. word." So. Yeah, downplay <laughs> the pirate part of it. Yes, exactly. I'm Dom. I'm Fan. And we are channeling our midlife crisis with this podcast by reliving our youthful late 80s, early 90s Saturday mornings of watching syndicated professional wrestling. Woohoo! Yeah. So uh, it's opening credits time and nothing new from last week. It looks like they settled into their uh, post WrestleMania 8 roster and uh, Sid out. Sid completely out. I feel like maybe. It- I wasn't sure if there was, I, I didn't go back and look at last week's entrance, but looking at this, it feels like they're funneling in a little bit more Macho Man each week. Because every time I watch it, it feels like there's more Macho. So it is uh, May 16th, 1992. Yes, it was. What a wonderful year. Syracuse, New York for the second time. So we're in our second week of this taping on the on on gun onondaga memorial the onondaga war memorial i don't i don't remember the onondaga war that there's this memorial for i don't know either yeah. <laughs> it is national hamburger week okay so here's the thing mm-hmm. why is it like i understand okay so vince is looking for something for him and perfect to banter back and forth but why is it always just in time you notice <laughs> that like it's just in time we almost missed it we almost missed it we almost missed national hamburger we, how could we possibly this last week it was just in time for mother's day why are we just in time for national hamburger week like everybody's sitting there at home going holy crap i, mo- I almost missed it carry up honey fire up the grill quick <laughs> He opens with Where's the Beef? Now, yeah. Where's the Beef is a reference from 1984. I was just going to say that. I was like, his his puns are already... It's eight years behind the curve. Yes, yeah. Perfect brings him. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, and then he goes into the, the entire two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, onions, whatever. Uh, he talks about, you know, Shango putting the spell on Warrior, putting a lot of emphasis on that. Yes. And then uh, with several hamburger references and even the double entendre of uh, your buns are going to be cooked. So I was very appreciative of that. I thought that was a good... He was uh, mixing up his burger joints. Oh. He doesn't quite get the 
the ingredients right, that was a little disappointing. How he weaved Papa Shango's curse into that was like a, a miracle. That was a masterpiece. It's the beauty of perfect. It's so funny because how bad these things are, and yet nobody complained about scripted promos. Exactly. I don't see any improv promos at this time. Everything's a script and a pun. And a- we, I mean, since we've been talking about those for the past couple of weeks, I put it upon myself for at least a few of them, not all of them, to to write them out verbatim (laughs) so we could just sit here and pull them apart because some of them just make no sense and i picked some of our favorites too so we'll get to that you totally missed your calling as a a transcriber i know someone who like wrote out the entire dialogue to bomb the womb yes i did do that (laughs) anyway this week we uh, got uh, knobs or sags versus the warrior whoever draws the short straw has to fight the warrior i guess yes uh we got sean michaels we got the berserker 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 Berserker. and the uh big boss man yes also in there is uh tatanka Our first segment, uh, we're two minutes, and there it goes. That's all it takes, two minutes, and we're into the show. And it's Sean. Um, Sean starts, and I've noticed in the last few weeks, they are starting with, uh, like, all the workers, either the IC champ or guys who can go, like, real wrestling wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Not the bloated cartoony guys, but the guys who actually could go. Yeah, and I I, I definitely uh, appreciate that because, the, I mean, this was, early 90s was the age of the gimmick mm-hmm. right there. Like, from the late 80s into the early 90s, we had a lot of gimmicks. And to throw, you know, Shawn Michaels, yeah, he has a gimmick, but he's still, you know, not as heavily as some of the other wrestlers. Yeah, you, know, you could tell that he's he's a good wrestler off the top. You could, but you can still get an idea of, uh, you know, his his character, you know, how he comes out, which with with Sherry and and how they react to each other and all that. I noticed there's like two tiers of gimmick names. They're the guys who like had just the gimmick name and there was guys who actually had like a real name plus maybe a nickname in. So it's the nickname guys and then there's the gimmick name guys. Like you didn't hear like Repo Man and his real name. Yeah. But you had Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm -hmm. Mm So John Michaels, Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys had like some. They, they had some like helium in there where they could like rise up to the top. Yeah, I get it. They were talking about this, the fact of the debut of Sherry singing the theme music, but we've heard this version for a while. I don't know what he was talking about. I noticed Vince was telling, he keeps, he said this for the past couple of weeks. He's like, take a look, take a listen to this rendition of Shawn Michaels theme music. And it's like, okay, we've heard it a couple times now. Yeah. They actually, I think, um, they played it for for WrestleMania eight. Mm-hmm. Then the last match that he had, they played it as well. And both times, you know, Vince is touting the the vocals of Sherry. I thought this one was kind of funny as Vince was touting. He's like the vocals of that woman because I had Sherry on. But then it pans to somebody in the audience. He's like, oh, not that one, <laughs> not that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Red tight Sunny Blaze is here in the house. Sunny Blaze is back. Sunny Blaze is back. Didn't do too much. Uh, beyond these these matches here you just look at his uh, uh it's not an imdb but his i idw or whatever it is 
uh, online, and it's just defeat after defeat after defeat. <laughs> he was the he was one of the ultimate red types. Uh, we have a historical artifact: a bum equipment shirt in the audience. Do you remember bum equipment? I do. Well, there, there you go. Bum equipment. Backwards treble clef sign for the Sherry Singer of the Year. That one hurt. Oh, um, oh. The, the S is a treble clef, and it's not going in any real way. Um, Sunny Blaze looks like the cousin that just came over because her mom makes a stupendous cannoli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a little chewed up. He's very. Uh, Sean's taking out his earrings, like all thirty of them, and to hang on Sherry's boobs. Of course, uh, Sonny. He actually gets a headlock. Yes, and then uh, Sean just beats him up in the corner. Yeah, he 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 took a he took a walloping there in the corner too. Yeah, and Sean says something about I told you not to touch my face, which I did not know if that was like, hey, dude, your job is to lose. Don't touch me. Or that was Oof. kind of his gimmick where, you know, don't touch my face. I'm so pretty. Yeah. I wasn't sure which because he looks pretty pissed. Yeah. Neckbreaker drop kick before Sonny gets kicked to the outside. Sherry distracts Sonny for Sean to double axe handle him. And then we get a picture in picture of WWF magazine. Yes. With the feature article this week. Of uh, Brett and Sean, which I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So this was in the making. I think these guys wanted to work with each other. And Definitely. Super kick is still the setup for the side suplex finisher. Yeah. Which I yeah yeah side suplex is decent, but it doesn't look. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm, you know, I've seen so many more finishers that look like they hurt way more by this point. I guess back in 1992, the side suplex looked a little bit more devastating yeah i mean that's that's the thing right it doesn't look like a move that would put you out it looks like a move you do sometime during the match as opposed to some something that would end you certainly sherry thrown to the ground for the pose uh fans are like totally on their feet for him they're they're already digging sean yes even though he's still in heel mode here vince made a, another reference uh another dated reference uh something about um uh, Elvis starting to get uh, it's just getting dated like you can tell like his, his references are, are really starting to get old even in, in the early 90s speaking of the, the where's the beef eight year old reference hmm. if he's taking an eight year interval for his references sometime during Raw today we should hear about a cruise ship sinking around Italy Obama's second term and Windows 8 <laughs> well good so, uh, I've been waiting for Windows 8 <laughs> tune in tonight you may hear a Windows 8 reference <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I don't remember? Uh, I don't remember a real blow off at this time between him and Janetti. Like he throws Janetti through the window and then Janetti yeah. vanishes into thin air. I don't remember them having a Janetti Sean match around this time. I'll have to look into the history of it, but I know Janetti uh, had a very on again, off again relationship with, with the WWF after his breakup with. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, he was in, he was out, he was in, and he was out a couple of times. So this could have been a point where he was just gone. But I'll have to look at the, the recap. I remember much later he comes in and actually wins the Intercontinental Championship, I think from Shawn. But uh, this is not then. And, that, you know, right when he throws him through the window, you think that would be where it was like a, uh, be a hot feud, but not so much. Six 
minutes in, we get a recap of Sarge Flair, and we get like four minutes of it. We get most of the match. Yeah, I was going to say, this wasn't even a recap. This was just a re-showing of the match from last week, basically about maybe 30 seconds to a minute into the actual match. That's where they picked it up, and it just went full out all the way to the end. Yeah, they did did everything. They did the match, the, the finish, the aftermath with no cuts. It wasn't like highlights from. No, that's because the whole thing was a highlight. Like kept you on the edge of your seat. It did. I was I was worried about Sarge. Uh, not at all. No. no. Uh, we we do a clean segue to Mean Gene, and we're we've got Shock Stick 2.0. Yes. Did you hear how many volts were in Shock Stick 2.0? In my notes, I have eight thousand volts. No, you're wrong. Times that by ten. It was eighty thousand. Eighty thousand volts. Okay. I I wanted to look up (laughs) what that would do to somebody. What that would actually do to somebody (laughs) if you plugged it with 80,000 volts. I'm sure that's even more than like an electric chair. It's basically the death stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, Sarge is is built in in America, so he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't break. He doesn't break and he's not going to surrender, which is uh, what Jimmy Hart uh, actually, did, did you notice? Uh, so we cut the mean gene. He's talking about the what happened in the shock stick, and then we get the Mountie interview. Yes, and uh, Jimmy Hart doesn't speak at all. No, it's a it's a miracle. It was all Mountie. It was a miracle. Yeah, he's going to make Sarge surrender, which I thought was uh, pretty cute. Yeah, uh, and then, well, you know, they're trying to. They this this was the the budding uh, <laughs> Canada versus USA thing that they that they finally got the gist of. Why didn't they use him for that? Yeah. Why not get Jacques Rougeau into the Heart Foundation (laughs) during the the Evil Canada thing? Exactly. Oh, that would have been awesome. See, this was just, they they were were just stepping their toes in the water with Canada versus USA on this one. And then they finally figured it out by 96. They could have had the Mountie and bring back his brother, Ray Rougeau. They could have had the Fabulous Rougeaus in the Heart Foundation. Oh, yeah. The Fabulous Rougeaus. Yeah, the Canadian earthquake <laughs> why not i mean he's I, I bet he's busy being a shark over on the other channel but still <laughs> oh that would have been great <laughs> dino bravo i think he, he may have been killed by then i think he's pretty much dead oh well dino bravo didn't last too long no uh we're by the way mean jeans tie was watching me <laughs> it was <laughs> i don't know how many times he t- he changed his tie during these these segments but this this one i was just like you know if i put the tv on pause i could just sit there and be mesmerized <laughs> <laughs> the tie was watching me. The third eye on his tie was, you know, oh. pretty hard. It is uh, 11 minutes in about, and we're back from commercial, and uh, Vince and Perfect are still commenting about uh, Slaughter Mountie. Yes, very heavy angle at this point. We have red tight royalty in the ring. It's We do. Barry Hardy. Yes. Two-tone mullet and porn stash are in the ring. Oh, my God. It was so awesome. All I have written down is Hardy's mullet two colors <laughs> it's like there's two things going on there's two different haircuts there that are meshing at some point Tatanka warps into the ring through a stargate I mean he is in <laughs> so fast he certainly is he beams in through the speed force <laughs> Well, I, I think uh, the the in the early '90s, you know, they they kind of took this uh, uh, from Ultimate Warrior, but perhaps like running to the ring meant like was was a babyface thing to do because I not only noticed that Tatanka did it this week, he has done it before. Big Boss Man 
actually did it a couple of weeks ago when he had a match, he ran to the ring. So I was like, apparently running to the ring was such a babyface thing to do. They are talking about Martel stealing feathers and uh, still talking about how Tatanka is undefeated. Hardy runs from the ring. Tatanka nails him in the back. Hardy's uh, doing this constant escape. And then he turns to the audience saying, look how smart I was for escaping, but he's turned his back on the guy. So you're not very smart. <laughs> picture in picture of Tatanka himself talking about uh, the blinding by the Mart by Rick Martel's uh, arrogance and uh, the loss of his feathers. Yes, yeah, there wasn't really uh, uh, a lot uh, to that to that promo, so I did not write that one down. There wasn't anything to it besides, "Hey, you took you bl almost blinded me, and you took my stuff." Yes. Lots of chops. I did not remember that. Uh, you know, Tatanka being a Native American character, and I guess going with the whole tomahawk chop theme that mm. uh, most of his offense was chop based like everything was a chop yeah. except the finisher which is uh where they drop the guy on his back yeah it's like a standing samoan drop yeah instead of just throwing off the ring or throwing off the ropes like you would with a normal samoan drop and then picking him up and dropping him this is just a standing samoan drop which again you know the finisher just seems out of order like they drop him and then ch chop him instead of chop him and then drop him yeah for tatanka being a pretty big gimmick you would think that they would give his finisher a nickname, but there's no nickname for it. It's just they drop him. Nothing really had that kind of name it after the guy thing. And except for the hitman sharpshooter. Yes. Being that he's a hitman. Yeah. The tombstone. Tombstone. He's the undertaker. He's dead. Sure. But nothing else really had a name based on the character around this point. I'm trying to think of anything. No. And I can't. Over the guys we saw, there wasn't... Yeah, the Cobra the, the cobra Clutch for Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, and the Million Dollar Dream, they're the same thing. Million Dollar Dream, yeah, same yeah. exact thing. Very few, for sure. Yeah. We are on our next segment, and uh, we are four weeks away from the WBF championships, which means there's four weeks left of the WBF. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I was like, I was counting down the minutes because I don't want to see these ads anymore. The way they are touting these things, I'm, I keep saying like, who do you think your audience is here? Like, like I, I, maybe I'm from the wrong part of the country, but I want to watch wrestling. I don't want to watch bodybuilding. Like they, they, that's, to me, that's two completely different things. Yeah, I guess, I mean, as as a, a really skinny dude growing up, yeah, I was kind of like, oh, if only I could be, you know, humongous like the warrior, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had that uh, that body image issue. Yeah. Where I wanted to be like these huge bodybuilder guys. Yeah. I, mm. uh, as they flex, they have like graphic explosions. You know, a, <laughs> like the guy like flexes a muscle, and there's there's a there's a, some kind of early CGI explosion. This is Vince trying to make bodybuilding as close to wrestling as possible with all the graphics and all the, the production that goes into this. You know, you mentioned the explosions. I think he also gives each one of the bodybuilders that are shown like a nickname, like a wrestler type nickname too. Yeah. To give them some sort of identity, but it doesn't come off well. Hey, some guy has to defend his title. Did you see that? How do you defend? Okay. <laughs> you could pay me not to be a judge for a bodybuilding uh, competition. Yeah, he's like, check out this prime beef. 
and like this gray day symbol that they made from uh kind of like a no you don't want to have no 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 don't want to check out the prime beef. prime beef i don't come on then call <laughs> your cable company now uh, what i didn't check to see is if the uh, number was still up maybe they're still trying to get some buys on uh, this thing yeah 20 28 years later <laughs> please please somebody buy this thing this piece of crap <laughs> it's over and uh vince says everybody's looking forward to the uh pay-per-view and hoss 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 here comes the uh berserker with fuji goodness hey but Mm -hmm. this was the beginning of happy days for me because who is the berserker facing uh skinny fat red tight scott taylor scott taylor who is i don't know who scott taylor is who is scott taylor scotty too hottie no it isn't it is scotty too hot oh my goodness We got a couple of, of uh, early ones. I'll bring up the other one later. But, yes, Scott Taylor is Scotty too high. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, well, he walks right into a v- big fuzzy boot to the face. Right away. <laughs> He's thrown by his face four times. <laughs> Vince plugs an upcoming confrontation with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. The picture in picture is of Posers 2. No, Posters 2. Excuse posters me. 2. <laughs> posters. Well, it should have been. You, I don't think you made a mistake there. I don't think I was wrong. Yeah. It's a book no, of posters. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, posters 2. Is that like the revenge? Is that when... Uh, yeah. yeah, Posters 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Uh, posters Harder. Yeah. They have The Undertaker uh, being the featured poster, being at uh, Berserker is The Undertaker's opponent. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you notice The Undertaker, Natural Disasters, and Hulk as champion yeah of course are on the cover because that's who you would want your poster of not the actual champion of right now yeah when when you were referring to to macho man as a paper champion earlier they didn't even like acknowledge that (laughs) they didn't even make paper paper. they didn't even get the paper you'd have to work to get up the paper Exactly. Body slam, flying knee, and a Hogan lay drop to Scott. Um, and then mm-hmm. Scott gets beat up uh, some more before he's thrown out of the ring. Yes. I forgot this was the finisher. It's the greatest finisher of all time. <laughs> he didn't even bother pinning anybody. He just threw him out of the ring, and they don't get back in. <laughs> and, and he gets a count out. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I totally forgot that that was his. Yeah. And I remember even back then going, how's he ever going to win a title? Yeah, I guess that would never work. It would never work. <laughs> That's why he didn't last too long. Can't win any titles. Did you notice? Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine him in a cage match where he just keeps on throwing the guy up against the cage and he can't get him out? What's wrong with this? <laughs> he can't go anywhere. He's just bouncing off the cage for a half an hour. This is just wrong. Just constant for half an hour. <laughs> Why am I not winning? Why am I not winning? It looks like bad racquetball. <laughs> Did you notice they, they do a, a close-up of Fuji and Fuji says something and nobody can make any sense of it. So Perfect tries to cover it up. He's just like, well, they have their own special language. <laughs> yeah. I did notice that. I'm sure they do. They replay all the power moves, and then we're off to uh, Sean Mooney, mm-hmm. who recaps the Berserker as unstable and then starts going into some Wild Kingdom punny references. Yes, not only the Berserker unstable, but many of the superstars are unstable. So And the, the WWF resembles the Wild Kingdom mm. because of that. I, I see, that was the leap I couldn't make. I couldn't make from the unstableness to a Wild Kingdom. Yes, that's that's. I guess that's where that came from. Oh, El Matador. Okay, so here's our first one. Are you ready? I, I'm ready because I, I did some notes too. He did not do well here. Yes. Now this, I mean, he's he's definitely on his last, last leg. 
here, but these, you know, these are definitely unscripted because there's just no sense. So, all right. El Matador says, mm-hmm. there's always something going on in the WWF that creates a lot of excitement. A lot of wrestlers are not able to handle it. El Matador has seen it all and he knows what it takes to get to the top. There's a lot of individuals. You can just go down the road, down the line. <laughs> you've got the Papa Shangos. You've got the Rick Martels. You've got the no good berserkers. And you could just go on and on. And those individuals will do whatever it takes. And they don't mind putting people out of wrestling. But nothing is going to keep El Matador from keep on digging. From keep on digging. Keep on working hard to get to the top. And I thank all the wrestling fans, there it is, Mm -hmm. around the world for their support. Because I need it now more than ever. Please help me. Ole, please help me. You caught it too. You caught it too. Because when he said that last line, I was like, wow, he... You really felt sincere on that last He's begging for support, please. Please. (laughs) Please. Look what they've done to me. I'm wearing a green matador outfit. Look look what happened to me. (laughs) They got my hair in a ponytail. What's going on? I've been the intercontinental and tag team champion. Look at me now. Look what happened. I'm a bullfighter. The last part of this sounds very sincere, like he's on his last legs, especially with this stupid gimmick. Uh, we got the nasty boars, and uh, for some reason, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart, just because. Cutting a promo against high energy. I did not dictate this one, but I will note that um, when Knobs uh, um, takes off his glasses, he means business. He does mean business. See, they actually do a good, they, they got their gimmick down pat. You know, the nasty vills, they got their terms. They know when to speak against each other. Yeah. They're going to be champs again. Uh, they cover it all. They're actually a pretty good promo. Uh, yes. They don't even need Jimmy for this because, you know, we're fighting high energy. Mm-hmm. We were champs. We've got to be champs again. Mm-hmm. And then they throw all their Nastyville stuff in. Uh, they cut a good promo. That's exactly why I didn't write it down because I don't write down the good promos. You don't need those. Yeah, Unfortunately, we don't have our favorite segment of uh, Dumb Interprets the Warrior because uh, Warrior doesn't talk. Uh, yeah, we need a new one. We do need a Dumb Interprets the Warrior coming up. We are uh, now at... Uh, 20 minutes, 19 seconds. Yes. And, oh, God damn it. I thought we were done with the crush promos. Yeah. Once he had his first match, we really didn't need to do this anymore. I, I And I was wondering, I was like, did he, well, first of all, he's he's in a car junkyard. Yes. In his wrestling gear. <laughs> yes. Which doesn't make any sense to me. I was like, did you just come off a match? Like, why are you in a car junkyard in your wrestling? Like, this, this, this promo would have been better if he was just in, like, street gear. Like, even if he was in, like, early 90s, you know, denim wear or something. Th- those uh, Zumba pants. Yes, I think this would have come off a lot, a lot better. Uh, even though it was a horrible, horrible promo to begin with. Yeah, I mean, what could we dress him up in? We get, we need some acid wash jeans, a Varney shirt. Yes, or, exactly. Or Ron John. We need something. <laughs> he did not need to be like. Does he just walk around town in that gear? That that doesn't say crush to me. That says uh, uh, something that's not crush. You know what he should have had? He should have had one of those shirts that that change colors when you put your hands on. Yeah, it. that's what yeah. he needed. He needed one of those. I'm I'm guessing since we had the sh- the crush match last week and we weren't going to have one this week, we had a crush promo to keep us uh, remembering crush. Yes. Don't forget about crush. It really even didn't make sense. Like I, I understand. Well, I guess I guess I get the 
whole crushing of the car. Right. But that doesn't like, okay, so you do that for fun. Okay. People do that for a job all the time. Like it doesn't make sense. I remember when they moved him from the demolition outfit to this outfit, uh, my friends just called him orange crush. <laughs> It totally makes sense. Back in the ring, Vince says, Crush is going to be uh, in Long Beach, California for the personal fitness expo that's in conjunction with the WBF championship. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he's pushing a lot of just wrestlers out there. Well, earlier in this, we, we failed to mention that uh, Lex Luger was going to be uh, featured, a featured uh, um, poser. He certainly is a poser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got hurt. No, he got the, into the motorcycle accident right before, so he couldn't show yeah. up. Mohawk Jay Sledge is our red short. Yes, not a lot on Jay Sledge. Jeremy Piven, Jeremy Piven versus Jay Sledge. Um, this is a battle of uh, Repo Man, which is funny because we just had Crush and now we have Smash. Yes. So better as Smash comes out and uh, <laughs> nails Sledge from behind before the bell rings. All his moves are sneaky. Like, yeah. He, I got like as dumb as his character was, he actually yeah. does try to sell it. Yes, he he did pretty good with with what was what a. What was a bad gimmick? Picture, picture the bulldog talking about the rope trick mm -hmm. uh, of him being hung. Yeah. Repo's working on Sledge, and he's tied upside down in the turnbuckle. You see, everything's oh, no. e everything is tied. Yes, and rope and 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 sneaky. Yes. Uh, Sledge submits to some kind of knee hold. That, that's the finisher. It's a submission like half Boston crab. Yeah, that's what I have here. Finishes with a half crab, uh, and then wraps the wraps his neck with the rope and drags him around for a bit. Yeah, that would never make air today. No, not at all. Not at all. Perfect even makes a um, an off-color redneck reference in terms of the, the rope marks on, on British Bulldog's neck. I'm like, yeah, you can't really do that. Never <laughs> never to be seen again, this gimmick. Nope. Hey, there's got to be more stars at WBF, though, and because uh, oh, we're okay. plugging two things at once. I'm guessing the, the uh, half Boston Crab is kind of like a hook. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it does hurt. If you've ever been like in a Boston Crab or half Boston Crab, those things hurt. I usually used a safety word before then. <laughs> Not me, man. <laughs> uh, we're back in the event center. Sean Mooney is uh, talking about the bodybuilding expo. So we got our third WBF plug. I have a feeling they're really going to be pushing that for the next three weeks. And I might just have to fast forward. Past that part. <laughs> I'll let you take care of this. Skip 10. Press that button. Yes. Skinner uh, cuts a summer promo. Yes. So here's here's the Skinner promo. Do it. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So we got, how about it, wrestling fans? Have you been keeping score? Have you been tallying up all them WWF stars that the Skinner's been knocking off? And I'm thinking to myself, didn't he just get pinned by the Ultimate Warrior like two weeks ago? He did. He's lost big. Yeah. He lost huge. He didn't get any like offense. In. Anyway, I can tell you. 85% of those superstars in the WWF are wearing my brand. So the other 15% is Ultimate War. Yeah, he's, he's the other 15. I spit on them from A to Z. <laughs> <laughs> Summer's coming. Now, now, this is the part where if I started at this point, we, we'd have to play the game wrestling promo or, or sex line spot. <laughs> I do it. Let's see if it works both ways. Summer's coming. Okay. And when summer comes, that means it's time to turn up the heat. And when Skinner's gonna turn up the heat, it's gonna be like a morning in the Everglades. 
with the mosquitoes and the sun beating down, I'm gonna get more intense as it gets hotter. Can you stand the heat? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's zero to do with his yeah, character. Nothing. Bret Hart's on, and the excellence of execution is uh, referred to three times by Bret and one time by Mooney. Yeah. Four, no, he four times by Bret. Mm-hmm. And just in case you missed it, after the promo, Mooney makes sure to mention that the hitman is the excellence of execution. Yes. Like this was his go-to line. So this is this is the new thing. All right, we've got a we've got a tagline for you. We're gonna hammer it home. Oh my God! Three times in the first ten seconds. Then he talks about facing Sean. So we're you know Skinner's was generic. Yeah. Uh, Brett's was not. Uh, and we cut the commercial. Yep. I really liked Bret Hart, but the more I look at old Bret Hart, I was like, he had the, he was the worst promo. It was just very, you know, it's very straight all the way through. Like it doesn't have a lot of a lot of ups and downs to it. Yeah. Like even some of these bad promos had some kind of ups and downs, roller coaster curves to them that gave him something. But it's just kind of like you know, yeah. straight through. Back with the boss man hitting the ring. Yes. Kids are going crazy with the boss man merch. Boss man has so much merch. Yes. Here's another one. So he's fighting Glenn Ruth. And do we know who Glenn Ruth is? Who is Glenn Ruth? Glenn Ruth is Thrasher from the Headbangers. No way. All right. Yeah. So we got we got Scotty Too Hottie and Thrasher. That is hilarious because he has the most flamboyant speedo of all time. Yes, he does. Yeah, I said uh what was it? Um, it said uh, Ruth uh, has the most 90s trunks ever. It looks like they were stolen from the set of Saved by the Bell. Yeah, it looks like someone uh, dyed them in rainbow sherbet. Yeah, exactly. Just throw a skirt on him and a couple of nose rings and he'll be good to go in about four or five years. Uh, Shawn Michaels has left the building, according to Perfect. Yes. yes, yes, Fans are crazy about the boss man. Like, they're going absolutely crazy. Yeah, there was a kid in the crowd that actually, they, he had a boss man toy. Mm-hmm. And this, I can honestly say, was the first toy that I've seen on these that actually looked like the wrestler. Yeah. The, the boss man toy actually looked like him. It helped if they didn't have, if they actually had a costume as opposed to just tights. Mm-hmm. The just tights always look like some kind of melted blob. Yes. But yeah, boss man's outfit, you know, you kind of like, oh yeah, it's the boss man. He's wearing the boss man clothes. Yeah. Boss man rakes the eyes before hitting Ruth with like an incredible kick to the face. Yeah. Like boss man can actually get his leg like above his own head. Sure. Fred Flintstone wind up punch over half the boss man's offense is completely illegal. It's either a punch or an eye rake. Of course. Well, boss man came in as a heel when he first started and his moveset hasn't changed. Didn't change a bit, <laughs> not even a little. Yeah, the only thing at the end is he didn't drop the uh, ball the, like the heavy ball and chain on the guy after the match or he didn't mm-hmm. chain him uh, to, the to the rope, rope and beat him with the stick. He no. just chained him to the rope. Yeah. So he gave up on the brutality, but not uh, not his moveset. Exactly. Uh, Ruth gets the ever so bouncy, what I'm calling the 911 <laughs> instead of the 619. Um, I like it. Plus the uh, sidewalk slam and it's over. Bossman sidewalk slam was pretty good. Yeah. Bossman moved, man. Yeah. I remember... Boss man looking like a lot older to me back then, mm-hmm. but um, now he just, he, he actually looks young and he, he always had that Arn Anderson kind of disease where he looked old, like 40 
Yeah, he was he was constantly in his forties. Didn't matter. But you could tell he was like totally in his prime. He was like really great. Oh yeah, at this point, the the, slams, the sidewalk slam that he gives him for a finisher like actually looks like a finisher, even though it's just a sidewalk slam. Yeah, like puts you out. Yeah, nails, which who still doesn't have his name, uh, does a voiceover in verse mm-hmm. over the PA system. He makes it rhyme. Yes. So apparently, nails is um, uh, the genius. He's the genius. Nails is the genius. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed when when he does this, they they pan to a kid in the audience, and you just see him mouth the words, "Oh shit!" He's <laughs> like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it's that guy he beat up that's yes. out of jail somehow. Oh my goodness, he's coming! Not only that, he's in the arena, has broken into the PA booth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and has hooked up some kind of voice enhancer yeah. at the same time. <laughs> so this guy is not only a convict, but he's also handy with with uh, technology. Yeah, but he was talking like that in prison. So he had that thing back in the in the big house. You totally know that's a, that's like not his real voice. So you know, he just walks around with a voice enhancer. Yeah, in jail. Okay, he had one of those. Okay, not contraband at all. All right, so let's 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 break this down. So. He's a convict. Yes. He's he's made parole somehow while using a voice enhancer. Yes. Just walking around with a voice enhancer. So that doesn't say that I'm crazy. He's constantly calling out the boss man saying he's going to kill him. I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. On this voice on said voice enhancer. So we've established that he's crazy and he's still gonna kill people, yet he makes parole. He makes parole. <laughs> I'll never get this. I will never ever get yeah. this. We're back with the Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're we have our name versus name match. It's uh, Jimmy Hart and the Nasty Boys are coming down. Yep, here comes Jimmy just because. Uh, yeah, Brian Nobbs drew the short straw. He's going to face the Warrior. I, I don't know if it was actually ever decided that that Nobbs was going to be because the the match starts and. and Warrior comes down and just clotheslines both of them three times out of the ring. Yeah. Starts beating them both up, and it eventually occurs that Nobs is in the ring, and the bell never actually rang. Yeah, well, it's hard to ring the bell when the Warrior throws you into the uh, timekeeper table. Yes. Yeah, the double clothesline, the only thing that gave it away was the fact that uh, coming down the aisle with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, and Jerry Sags, oh. uh, Brian Nobs. Oh, so. I missed that part. Oh, it's okay. it's hard to hear because everybody's talking over it. Okay. All right. Now, the warrior runs in, does mm-hmm. his shtick, mm-hmm. does close the line in both guys three times. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's out onto the floor. Mm-hmm. And... He's fighting knobs, throws knobs into the timekeeper table, and then Sag starts attacking the warrior, and Vince is outraged <laughs> that they're double-teaming him. Meanwhile, yeah. the warrior has spent the entire part of the match attacking both people. Yes. He was the first one to attack. Yeah. So w- where's the outrage there? I, I, I don't know. Hashtag cancel warrior. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. We are starting. Uh, Shango walks out, steals a wristband from the warrior. Knobs rips off the, one of the warrior's uh, wristbands, throws it mm-hmm. down, and Shango yeah. takes it and then vanishes back into the back. He's gone. Uh, Warrior reverses a pit stop attempt and uh, Mm -hmm. starts shaking and no-selling, but Hart distracts the ref and Sags sits the Warrior from behind with a chair. Yep. And then runs away. Why does Sags run away after hitting him with the chair? I think even if the ref's like, how did the Warrior get hit? 
Why is he down? Okay. I just turned my back for a second. Maybe he could see the chair, but then Sags was nowhere to be found. Like he was, he no. let, ran from the scene of the crime. So, okay. uh, how did the warrior get knocked out? I guess, <laughs> I guess, uh, guess nasty boy like got to move on him yes. because uh, Sags isn't here. It couldn't have been him. Yep. So that's that's what I'm guessing. Okay. Warrior powers out of the pin attempt by throwing. Uh, Knobs up, more shaking, no selling of the ropes and um, yep. clothesline, flying tackle, splash again, no gorilla press. No, so he must be something must be wrong, or maybe he couldn't get knobs up. I don't know. Yeah, knobs I could see being difficult to lift, but yeah. Skinner, he, he should have been able to lift him exactly. Uh, Shango's coming out with in a trance, yes, uh, during the warrior music, and uh, warrior gets a tummy ache from Shango's curse. Yeah, he doubles over and, and falls off the ring apron at this point. I was scared. Oh my god, this is my favorite line of the night. Because <laughs> uh, Vince is like, I hope it's not appendicitis. I'm perfectly like, no, he put a curse on him. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see what's going on? He took the wristband. It's a curse. <laughs> it must be a curse. It must be a curse. Voodoo is alive and well in the WWF. <laughs> It's like, how are you not seeing this? You got a voodoo guy shaking with skulls. He took a, a, a piece of his property. His eyes are in the back of his head. He's, he's going nuts over here. It looks like he's about to foam at the mouth. Appendicitis? Yeah. Like, you can't figure this out. No, it's awesome. Yes, let's hope it's just, some, just a tummy ache. Vince, I've never seen him in such pain. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. When we come back from commercial, I was so happy because as soon as I saw the Ultimate Warrior laying on the dot, the uh, stretcher mm -hmm. with all the officials, Rene Goulet and the fake doctor and everybody else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I know it's coming. It's going to be <laughs> Warrior Linda Blair, oh. Exorcist Warrior pu puking green soup. <laughs> that was awful. And sure enough, there it was. you know, every once in a while, you run into those moments that have kind of lived on those oh. for the 30 years. Years yes. since uh, this is one of them. Yes, that was that was. I, you know what? Because I was not around the first time when this came up, and to see that, I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" There, <laughs> there, there, there it is. And they show the one guy's face with it all over him. I'm just like, "Oh man, they better pay you extra." Yeah, and they had the guy who played Ming the Merciless come in, and be like, <laughs> "The power of Christ compels you." The power of Christ compels you. Exactly. I'm, I'm surprised his, his head didn't start spinning. Vincent mentions, "Hey, President Bush got sick too. This is nothing to be embarrassed about." <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. It is uh, time for the 14th segment already. Yes. Bobby Knight and jumping Jim Bronzel on oh, the red tights. Yes. And uh, Jim Bronzel is one of the killer bees. He is. You know, B. Brian Blair and jumping Jim Bronzel. And I was, you know, I was a huge fan of the, the killer bees mm -hmm. back in the late 80s. You know, their, their disputes with uh, the British Bulldogs when the Bulldogs were heels. Um were, were some of my favorites. So to see Brunzel still still in there, but as a as a red tight, I was just like, it didn't make sense. But then when I watched the match, I was like, all right, I get it. <laughs> he was uh, well-respected. Yes, he was. The Beverly brothers weren't going to mess with him. No, they were not. So yeah, out come the Beverly's with Fredo Macho. We got the genius with a poem about the Legion of Sissies. Yes. Picture in picture of LOD and Ellering, and Ellering's like, all right, I'm done with this. Yeah. Let's kill them. Just go out and, and kill the Beverly Brothers. And LOD's like, no problem. Sure. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's all good. Take care of. Yes. No problem. A yes. lot of blocked hip tosses uh, against Jim Brunzel. They did, mm -hmm. Jim gets a two count and a good drop kick. Yeah, he didn't. 
they did a a killer bee drop kick because killer bees were known for like some yeah i mean at that point the drop kick was like a high flying move so you know he he kicked the crap out of him with that with that drop kick i like that that was it that was a throwback no one gets offense on jim no Nothing. Nobody gets it. No. Nothing. He just tags out and then Bobby Knight gets his ass kicked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Like they didn't touch Brunzel. And then Bobby Knight, like who was a, a I looked up Knight and there's nothing on him. Just defeat, 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 defeat. No, yeah. It's like you got to tag with with Jim Brunzel. And that's your claim to fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Beverly's are like, look, Jim, <laughs> we're cool. Whenever you're ready for us to win, you just tag in this yeah, other dude. Just tag in this dude that we don't care one look about. Yep. Spike slam on Knight's face to the mat. I love this move. Oh, that was so, it's such a good move. Again, they paint up uh, Fortnite with a LOS. Yes. The fans are chanting LOD, so yes. uh, they can't spell, apparently. So here's the problem that I see with this. Even though I I love and respect Brunzel, mm-hmm. where the heck is Brunzel during all of this? <laughs> laughing. Knight gets his ass kicked, gets the paint all over him. What is Brunzel be like, well, I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm out of here. Like, they don't even show him. After <laughs> nope. He's like, I got my stuff in. I yep. look great. Yep. I'm out. Yep. You're on your He's own. Out. You're on your own. They bought a new uh, Skullcap Mohawk oh, yes. to put on Knight before beating him up some more. So he's uh, apparently animal. Yeah, somebody went to a dollar store before this. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Mooney is in the event center. Does a little recap of the last match. Uh, then we get a Virgil promo. All right, here we go. I got this one. Do it. <laughs> so, well, I, I mean, we've, we've established what the Virgil promo is. Yes. Before even listening to the Virgil promo, what does Virgil do? I thank the fans. I'm going to the top. Exactly. That's the entire promo right there. So here we go. I'd like to thank all the people around the world. All you people are behind me 100%. I want to tell you about the competition here in the WWF. It's sky high. And now... We got the new guy on the scene called Papa Shango. So he's calling out Shango, which I don't understand because he's got nothing to do with Shango right now. But anyway, man, he got all the black black magic and voodoo and all this, man. He's a real strange character. But guess what? I was born on Friday the 13th. <laughs> okay. I, I, you know what? I meant to look that up. I was like, was he really? Was he really born on Friday the 13th? I didn't, I, I didn't get a chance to, but I'm going to have to look that up. I know what strange characters are, but with all the people behind me, we can conquer the world because I need you with all these strange eyes going around here. <laughs> strange eyes? Okay. <laughs> with a strange eye. Uh, I think that's what he said. I'm positive he meant guys, but yes. whatever. It sounded like strange eyes going around here. You never know when you need someone. It sounded like he was going to like bust into like some... Bust in the song. song and then you need someone. Yeah. Lean on me. Exactly. <laughs> 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 You never know when you're going to need someone, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Because I got my right and I got my left. And I got all the good people all around the world to help Virgil do his thing. Back to me. Uh, I think they're calling out uh, Shango in every promo just to make him a big bad. Yeah, they need a new big bad since they lost Sid. El Matador does it too. I think they're like, and whatever you do, mention Shango mm-hmm. and mention Berserker because these guys are like big players against some of our bigger guys. So Yeah, you really heal these guys up. Yeah. Got it. Uh, we're followed by a repo promo. Yes. Uh, apparently people don't want their stuff repoed. I don't think repo man 
knows what it means to be a repo man. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of gets it here. He guys like he like, but I'm gonna steal their stuff. No. But it's not really stealing because because they owe me. But no, they don't owe you. Oh yeah, that's a good point. You just go and take the stuff, and you know it kind of brings me back to a guy by the name of the British Bulldog. What? <laughs> Where did that yeah. come from? Like I know you're in the in the feud with British Bulldog right now, but stealing stuff from other people. Or repo in the as you call it has nothing to do with the British bulldog. Oh, it would have been great if he still had the dog and he repoed the dog. Yes, <laughs> because uh, because you are the one that I own too. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. You don't own him because what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Because just remember, if you bark too long, I put the leash on you and choke you. So now he's going from repoing people to stealing their stuff and hanging them. Okay, uh, go back to the part where he's owning Bulldog. All right, and, and then mentally throw him back in the demolition outfit and read it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, oh no, no. Yeah. Ouch. And there you go. Uh, we are, uh, we're done. Yeah. Show over. That was show over. Overall thoughts. Overall thoughts, kind of, I didn't feel like they needed to reshow the entire slaughter flare match. Like I understand why they did it, but they could have gone with a little bit more of a highlights package on that and then cut to uh, um, the Mountie and his whole stick. The Mountie for once wasn't a bad promo. Usually his promos just go nowhere. It's just him yelling, I am the Mountie. I'm the Mountie. But now he's got like this, this his boom stick. Uh, and, and he's got something to focus on. Uh, he's got he's got a a worthy opponent to focus on, and he's got a uh, a, a gimmick. He's got a, he's got a storyline to focus on, and it seems like the promo this time was a little bit more focused. So they could have spent a little bit more time there. I appreciated the the Warrior Nasty Boys match. A lot happened in that one um and i really i like when they do more storyline in the ring in the live setting rather than just promo 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 so uh those were my two favorite parts uh besides that just a lot more uh set up for later uh matches yeah it's like for the last four shows that we've seen we've seen like storylines really progress mm -hmm. and this is the first time where i was like i've seen everything they're showing me yeah like the beverly's painting the guy i've seen that part of the story give me something new to the lod story uh they didn't do that um boss man is I, I mean the reason he was there is just to get nails talking again so that was a little bit more but the tatanka thing it was like nothing ever happened now here i am I'm, I'm fine my eyes are great i'm missing my feathers but that's not part of my match like it had nothing the match is just a match and the promos did their thing i was like i've seen all of this this part of the story give me more give me the next thing in the story mm -hmm. i guess like adding the bald cap to the guy when they painted him is like the was the only thing they added but I'm like all right I've seen this give me give me the next part of the story if you're gonna make everybody have a story give me the next part so yeah it was the same way it's like eh. we end the event with Virgil and Repo pre-recorded yeah that that was the other thing that I didn't appreciate they could have ended with the the, the final match yeah the 
these promos right before it or something like that. I mean, that would have been a lot of back-to-back promos, but I would have much rather preferred that they ended with the match. All right, you, you, you do the match. Mm-hmm. You do the event center. You come back to Warrior puking his guts out. We'll be back next week. Roll credits. That's that. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Change the order. Yeah. Where's the champion? Nothing. Where's Macho? Not even a mention. Not even a mention of him or the Rick Fla- or Rick Flair or their feud. Right? There was nothing. Right. Was yeah. He's he's on a uh, milk carton right now. <laughs> yeah. They put the, their champion in witness protection. Yes. Uh, best match of the week. You know, uh, I would have to say the the um, the. Uh, I'm going to give Warrior the credit this time. I said the same thing. I was like, I'm picking a Warrior match? There was a lot going on. Yeah, I picked a Warrior match for the best match this week, which, you know, isn't saying much because he doesn't do much. But I think I think um, Knobs and Sags and even the Papa Shango bit made that. It wasn't Warrior at all. It was, right. it was them getting just thrown all over the place. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys who made a lot of guys look really good. Mm-hmm. Red tight of the week. We had a lot of red tights to choose from. This is like, see, this one was tough because I, I, I would either say uh, Scotty too hottie or thrasher. Cause you know, knowing what they will become, I was, it was nice to see them in early red tight fashion. I picked Jim Bronzel because he was like the godfather. He's like, look, I'll, I'll be in this match, but <laughs> I'm going to get all the offense. Yep. You're not going to touch me. I'll tag in this loser you can beat him up all you want yeah he was like a boss after this is over over, i'm gonna have to go back and see what happened to b bar brian blair it was like what what happened that they could no longer be the killer bees like why is why is brunzel doing red tight matches i don't know i refuse to do research for this show (laughs) i'm doing all the research i like looking up red tights red tights history (laughs) finding out who these guys are and if they ever went anywhere after this that's 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 my passion. That's great. <laughs> that's your passion. That's my passion. Awesome. <laughs> Next week we're getting an update on the Ultimate Warrior, and uh, oh, how hilarious would it be? Is like he had appendicitis. Mm. <laughs> See him in the hospital with a little appendix scar. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, uh, just a, just a little devil possession. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get the Bushwhackers. I don't think I've seen a Bushwhacker match. We've seen promos, but have we seen a Bushwhacker match yet? No, I don't believe there had. Well, was there the first week? I don't remember. I don't know. I have to go back in my notes and see if there was one the first week. I've not seen the Bushwhackers. We saw them in um, in the WrestleMania eight behind the scenes promos, licking people. Yes, yes. He, they were yeah licking the winners of the costume contest. Yes. Oh, it's a glorious day. And next week we have uh, the return of the Ugandan giant Kamala. I, I love oh, I, I, I love Kamala. Yeah. I, Kamala was the, you know how co- old comedians would refine an act and they'd have like, this was their act and people would like go for years to hear the same jokes, but they, but they had their act down. So that was Kamala. <laughs> Kamala was perfect. They, they unmask this guy. He do, he acts like he has no idea where he is. He's so confused. Like, what am I doing in this ring with this arena? He sees some guy in the ring that he, he just knows he, or I, I don't know him. I got to beat him up. I'm supposed to he doesn't know up. how to pin him. Nope. He's like, 
he's trying yeah. to pin him and he's upside down and they're like no no you gotta turn him it was yeah. a perfect act it was great yeah he needs the brooklyn brawler to to calm him down kimchi <laughs> yeah, turn him around like he needs instructions he has no clue why he's there it is awesome he's yeah. oh he always looks like he's lost and confused like what am i doing here <laughs> Oh, it's, it's so fabulous. Oh, I love Kamala so stuff. much. Well, we have that to look forward to for next week. Oh, I can't wait. I just can't wait. We have The Undertaker. Yep. Uh, and uh, Money Incorporated. Yay. We've seen them in, in quite a few matches. This this will be their this third be match. Third. Third, third match. time in five weeks. Yeah. So they're on an every other week thing. Yeah. So that, well, I guess because they're, they're tag team champions. So they're showing... But we've only seen Brett once. We've seen Brett maybe twice. I think we saw twice. Is it twice? Okay. Oh, yes. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Two, yep. So two Brett matches, three, well, three Money Incorporated matches as of next week. See, that was a great way to elevate both belts, right? So the, the champions you saw on TV mm-hmm. were your tag champs and your Intercontinental Championship. They should have just called it the TV title if they, they, they wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and that way, you know, that was the belts you saw defended. Mm-hmm. every week i mean it was against nobody but whatever uh, you got to see him on tv and then you paid to see the world champion and i think the last time we've had anything close was when they they keep on giving brock the belt mm-hmm. and he doesn't show up for anything yeah. so you know you have to have the secondary title be the thing that most people are going after because brock's not showing up to work yeah uh, and people complain about that all the time but it's like wait a minute that's what they used to do <laughs> yeah that's the way it was you wanted to see the champion you paid for the pay-per-view exactly. you watch you went to the live event or yeah. else you weren't going to see the champion he just do any he do a an interview or if that yeah i mean that's you had to pay to see the champ so i kind of like i didn't mind it when uh brock was running away with the title and like you didn't see him just a handful of times yeah. because that made his title defense special and it made the secondary belt more important yeah so i'm all for that uh now yeah that being said you know macho should be like somewhere you know give, give, give me some, give me something yeah he should be he should be out doing doing maybe a few more promos here and there they could at least do the promo back and forth with like Ric Flair, you know, in a match against some some red tight and then do the picture in picture with Macho uh, just to, you know, help that feud along. But I mean, they're letting it go here for an entire week. Uh, and they gave us a little bit like, like even with Flair in the match against Sarge last week, they, they mentioned it on commentary. But that match was all about the Mountie and Sarge. It wasn't even about they, they barely mentioned Flair. And, and Savage. I wish they would uh, throw Challenge up on the network because mm-hmm. then you could see the other show. And I'm I'm guessing anybody who's not on this one was being taped on the other show. Mm-hmm. So maybe you were getting that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is another thing. Like I didn't need to see the Sarge thing again. Show me the main event from Challenge instead. Yeah. Like they did last week with the Bulldog and Repo Man. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. that's a better use of time because I've already seen that one. Yeah, and then you can do the Repo one and just like a quick recap. Sure. The other thing we're missing is, uh, and us being from the Philadelphia area, we used to get them when it was like a house show loop. We'd get them every month, mm-hmm. and they would do the promos for the Philly area after the event center pro promos. So you'd have the event center pro promos and then you'd have like 
Macho or Brett up there talking about how they're going to have a steel cage match at the Spectrum mm-hmm. and to come out and see it. So we don't get any of the local promos that we would have seen on a real Saturday morning where it'd be like, no, yeah, come into the Spectrum. Yeah, you didn't get any of that. Uh, they should put those up just as like a package deal. Oh, yeah, for. Just for the Philly guys. Yeah. <laughs> Give us, us our promos back. Please. You want them. That is it for this week's edition of Saturday Morning Superstars. Woo! That was a good one. It was a good episode. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it.